Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. This message kind of came out. I've never preached this message before. In fact, me and Melissa were having lunch yesterday and I was just running it by her first and saying, what do you think? Do you like this? She loved it. And, um, and we were kind of co-crafting it while we were in San Diego. And one of the things that happened when we were in San Diego is uh, um, we have, it's just an interesting week where we don't always get to see all of our boys anymore. Three of them are out of the house, and we only have our daughter who's 13 left. And, and so um, it just so happens that while Jacob is in town today, our other, our oldest son, Jacob's older brother, um, Taylor is visiting um, Jacob's younger brother, Josiah, at the Barcelona Academy, and then we get Jacob here. And so it was kind of kind of interesting. Our son, Josiah, lives 11 months of the year at the Barcelona residency where he plays soccer full-time, and Taylor was going to go visit him. And so the Barcelona residency reached out to us and said, hey, there's a kid named Taylor, a man, a grown man actually named Taylor, that wants to take your son Josiah out of school after the game. Are you guys okay with him taking one of your valuable possessions, your children? You know, I know we live in a world where we don't have boundaries around our children anymore, and we like to allow perverted men dressed up as women to come in to kindergartners and libraries and do really odd things. Like, I, I don't know about you, but we like boundaries kind of around the things that we value. We like boundaries. Um, we think healthy society has boundaries around the things they value. And so we appreciated that the Barcelona residency was reaching out to us to make sure we were okay with this Taylor man <laughs> taking our son out. And what was interesting was we were like so ready, like he's like so trustworthy and so faithful. That wasn't always the case with Taylor. And I remember Jacob, I think he was about 16, and um, didn't realize that I didn't, wasn't raised a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until uh, my senior year of college. And so I was into all kinds of stuff before I was into God. And most of those things weren't the healthiest things on the planet. Um, and, uh, and so I remember walking into Taylor's room at 16, and I was like... <laughs> Now, this is a smell that I know. And it wasn't B.O. It was weed. And then he went on to say, listen, man, I'm not smoking, Dad. Now, I'm like, I don't think you understand. I've probably smoked more marijuana in my life than you can imagine. And there's no amount of cologne or body odor that can mask a smell that I know quite well. That is one smell that you will never be able to tell me that is not, that's not weed, okay? But he was resisting. But when you know that you know that you know, eventually you break him down and he's like, you're right, Dad. I, I, I you know, never do it again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I used to say those things too. And... Um, but it's just neat 
because we had to set some boundaries with our kids. Um, all of them were different. All of them had different things that um, they seemed to feel they were entitled to. Youth, you always feel, it's my phone. It's my car. It's, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. It's not your time. It's not your room. It's not your lock. It's not your phone. It's all a privilege. All of it's a privilege that can be taken at any time. <laughs> but you know, when you got your phone and your boyfriend, you feel like you have a right. Okay, so we would always tell our kids, no, no, it's a privilege that we want you to have. We don't like taking things from you as your parents. We actually like giving more stuff to you. We want you to have a good life, a happy life, and a healthy life. We just happen to know sometimes what's healthy and what's not. Texting your boyfriend that we don't know at 1 a.m. on a school night might not be healthy. That's why you turn your phone in at 10, a, 10 p.m. and you don't have your phone when you go. Hey, I'm just trying to, hey, 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 I'm just, if you think that your parents are difficult, you just be grateful you didn't get raised in our family. But the motive always behind healthy boundaries and healthy parenting was you want the best for those you're responsible for. That's the motive. You're not trying to take life. You're not trying to make life miserable. You're not trying to micromanage. You're not trying to sack the life out of life. You're trying to preserve and protect the things that are valuable. Okay, so... Um, there's another smell. Since we're talking about boundaries, and we are going to talk about boundaries, that's what we're going to talk about today. And I have found anytime you talk around boundaries in church, there's another smell more putrid than marijuana that always seems to rise up. You know what it is? Religion. Ugh. I found that religion likes to suck the life out of the world. And Jesus didn't come to start another religion. He came that you would have life and life to the full. However, religion oftentimes wants to put rules, regulations, stipulations. Usually it's around all the things you can't do. You don't cuss. You don't chew. You don't date the girls that do. I'm used to saying that stuff. I'm like, who came up with that? I ain't dating no girl that's chewing anyway. It's nasty. Unless she's chewing spearmint. You meet her at farmersonly.com. She got a big red mare. I know this is Idaho, but come on. She's got the, she's got the red man snap, you know what I mean? Come on, little Copenhagen can. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, how do I recover, Daniel? It all started with you. <laughs> did you find a way back? I don't know if you did. I'm honestly not sure. I don't know if we came back. Listen, the good news is I probably have spent enough time around the dangers of religion as I have around the dangers of marijuana. 
and I know what it smells like, and it's one of the things we actually don't tolerate. We don't think it's good for a culture of health and vitality to have just religious. It just tightens things up. It sucks life instead of brings life. So I want you to know when I'm talking around boundaries, please understand they're through a lens that doesn't want to micromanage you or control you or take life. They're actually, it's through a lens that wants to create a space for you to experience the best life that God has for you. So don't turn off as we talk around boundaries. Turn on. This is how to get your life full of the best of the best. So are we ready? Name of this message is called Boundary Lines. I had a picture, believe it or not, while we were driving to the staff meeting on Wednesday, and I saw a a guy in my mind um, lining a field. Have you ever been to like a baseball field or a football field and... They're lining it. They're like putting fresh chalk lines. I think they use paint now. And what I saw was the existing line was faded. And there was a fresh boundary line being painted. And I really felt like God wanted to reestablish some boundary lines in our heart, in our life, so that we knew where we, where we, we were supposed to be, where we wouldn't be. We weren't supposed to be. We knew what we should be allowing in, what we shouldn't be allowing in, that we would take a personal responsibility to identify the boundary lines of our life, okay? And and this is more than just your life in general. Your marriage should have boundary lines. Your relationship with your kids should have boundary lines. Your business should have boundary lines. Your walk with God should have boundary lines. Everything that you want to work and be healthy and be vibrant, you should identify those lines, protect those lines, clarify those lines. So we're going to talk around boundary lines, but we're not going to think about it through what kind of lens? A religious lens. We don't allow that spirit. It's not good. That's the spirit that crucified Jesus, okay? It was religious people. So please understand, this isn't, so throw off religion, and put on a mindset that God wants the best for you, but therefore he's created boundary lines for us to discover and operate in so he could turn on the goodness. Okay, are you ready? Does anybody like their life to work? Does anybody think somehow it's spiritual that your life sucks? That somehow God's glorified by your miserable existence. God is glorified when you represent him well. He's forgiven you, washed you, cleansed you, delivered you, but he intended your life to work. And when your life is working, he's happy. Listen, I have never been happy when my children are struggling. I'm not just like, oh, finally they're learning their lesson. Even when Taylor was on his journey where he crossed all the boundary lines we gave, we were never like loving the, the consequences. We were always longing for him to come back into the life that he was capable of living. You with me? So that's the heart behind here. We're longing for you to access the best life, the life he paid for and the life you're capable of living. So let's do this. We do have an acronym. I'm smart enough to realize that the word lines is too many letters. And so we're going to combine the the L and the I, and then we're going to combine the N and the E, and then we're going to end on the S. Good? Good? Think we can do this? You got a little Copenhagen snap? Come on, Cody. A little horseshoe bend right there in the house. 
All right. First thing I want us to see and, and really come around is a legitimate lineage, a legitimate lineage, and an identity of inheritance. A legitimate lineage and an identity of in, inheritance. And ba- boundary lines need to be based off of um, a high standard, not a low standard. And so look, just come with me for a second in the Garden of Eden with, with Adam, okay, where it all started to fall apart for us. And all of our identity and our orientation towards rejection, towards illegitimacy, started with him. Thanks, Adam. You were created to walk with God. You were created in the image of God. You had everything. You had everything. You had the Holy Spirit. You had an assignment. Go. Be fruitful. Multiply. Be productive. Fill the earth. Subdue it. I got work for you. Your life's supposed to work. It's supposed to function. There's only a couple things that aren't good for you. Isn't that funny? It's like, it's one of the things I like about the most interesting man in the world. You know what I mean? It says in the museums, he's allowed to touch the art. Because when you're somewhere and it says don't touch, why is it that I'm like, I got it. Don't take a picture. I didn't even want to take a picture until you told me to take a picture. Is there anybody else like that? Like, the moment you tell me not to do it, something in me is like, oh, yeah. Some of that's not bad. Unless it's God telling you not to do something. And he's saying, I'm not even going to explain to you why. Because I need you to trust me. I need you to trust me. So he's like, all of these trees are good for you to eat from. But those ones are dangerous for you. You would access things by eating from those trees that you're not ready for. You're not prepared for that level of wisdom. You're not level for that prepared. And oftentimes what God is keeping you from, sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's not yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think God is trying to keep you from all the good stuff. He's holding out on you. He's keeping that stuff for himself. Every good thing he has for you. In fact, he will withhold nothing from you. You know how I know this? Because he sent his one and only son. And if he would give his one and only son, what would he ever withhold? Nothing. So oftentimes, the boundaries need to be around what's... That's why when you're dating, when Melissa and I were dating, we both came out of broken marriages. So we, it's not like we hadn't like had sex before, but we felt like there was an opportunity to create a boundary around something that was sacred to us. And even though we had a history of dysfunction, we chose to come in alignment with what God says. And he says, trust me, do it my way. I'm like, crap, man, but I've already experienced this. He's like, yeah, but you haven't experienced it blessed. I'm not saying it's not powerful. I'm not saying it doesn't have a measure of satisfaction, but there's just a higher standard. Do you think I'm trying to keep you from something, or do you think I'm trying to preserve you for something? I want the best for your marriage. I want the best for your relationship. I want you to know what it's like to trust one another. I want you to know what it's like to have true intimacy. You know what I mean? And so anyway, that was one of the things that we chose to trust him in. It wasn't easy. Remember, we used to have code words. Kitchen. Kitchen means it was getting hot. 
I needed to get out of there, man. I'm going to tell you right now, super practical, super practical. Hey, Daniel opened up the practical can. I'm just going to stay in this. If, you're not, if you don't have any issues staying pure with your girlfriend and it's just, you're just not attracted, she's probably not the right one. I just want you to know. If you can hang out and sleep in the same bed and it's just, hey, we're not doing nothing, okay. Either something's wrong with you and you need to go see somebody and, you know, grow a pair, get the thing turned back on or something. But, but the reality is God wants you fully operational, okay, and he wants you in a relationship where everything works and works well, but he just has boundary lines where it's supposed to work. Is this too much? Is this too much? You started it. Sorry. Hey, babe, Jacob's a grown man. He's married right now. We can talk about these things. The leaven's always a little crazy. Just Let me tell you what we're not going to be here in the Treasure Valley. We're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about real stuff, stuff that works, stuff that we'd rather see work better. We're, we're going to be authentic. We're going to be real. The kingdom of God applies to your life, and we want it to be fun and, 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 and effective. Religion will be like, oh, you can't say that. Did you just laugh? Did you say sex? Did you say sex? Holy cow. The whole world's thinking about sex except the church is like, oh, no, no, no. Don't go there. That's taboo. That's a taboo subject. You're not even supposed to like sex. That's like, what? You could not like it. Go on with your religious self. The world doesn't like you, though. The world is like, uh, uh, uh. But you show them the real thing. You show them a life lived within boundaries that's flourishing and healthy, where trust is built, where two lives coming together out of total dysfunction that have never known health could spend 19 years together and be faithful to each other because of the change and the, the way that God could restore things and fix things and take orientation that's built on distrust and illegitimacy and dysfunction and repair it and then set it in a boundary place where it works. I don't care how dysfunctional your life is, God can restore you. Not just forgive you. The gospel is not just forgiving you for being dumb. It's restoring you back into the original intent of God. Elon Musk is an extraordinary engineer. He likes to build rocket ships that get to, the, to Mars one day. When he shoots them up and they don't work or they don't get to the target or they dysfunction, he doesn't just go, ah, I forgive that rocket. He says he picks it up, repairs it, re-engineers it, to get back to the assignment it was originally given, to get back to the purpose he gave it when he engineered it. You and I are engineered in a far better image by a far more pure engineer called the Father of Lights who built you for function and health. And when you and I get off track, and we do, when we lose power, when we lose function, when we blow up, when we combust, God is faithful. He forgives us restores us, but what do you think he wants to do? Get you back on the launching pad? Get you reset and reset on the thing he built you for? He's a better engineer than Elon, and I like Elon. I'm into him. He likes free speech. He likes taking down giants, changing the name. You can't change Twitter. Oh, yeah, I can. I own it. <laughs> All right. Adam 
open the door to illegitimacy. You see, when he chose not to trust God and he ate from the tree, he moved out of a legitimate relationship with God into illegitimacy. You know how I know? Because he started covering things. When you feel illegitimate inside, you won't share the whole thing. You won't come clean. You're not comfortable in your nakedness, and you actually need to cover. You cover. You cover. Illegitimacy, you're comfortable to just be honest. God always wants to restore you back into legitimacy, legitimate lineage. The other thing that was a problem for Adam is he separated himself from the blessing. He separated himself from the flow, from the life. What Jesus came to do was to restore you back into the flow, back into the legitimate lineage as a son or a daughter of God. You're not just a forgiven sinner, just a worm that's going to heaven. Uh, No, 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 no. I am restored back into the image of God. I have a lineage, a lineage that's healthy. Is this okay? All right. The next is just an identity of inheritance. What Adam lost in the garden was his inheritance, the promise. He disconnected himself from power. He walked with the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit is God. He had him in. He dwelled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the same spirit that was in Jesus, by the way. And when Adam broke contract, came out of the boundary lines, he sh- it was the greatest Um, power outage in the history of humanity. Jesus came to turn the power back on and get you reconnected to the inheritance. You see, Adam operated in the, he said, go into all the worth, be fruitful, multiply, fill it. It's yours. All these promises are yours. The disconnection broke the connection with our inheritance. Trust us. God wants to bring you back into your inheritance. He wants you to have an identity that everything that Jesus paid for is yours. Okay, the, the N that is in lines is non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables? I found if I'm willing to negotiate, it determines the value I placed upon the existing price. What things do you not negotiate? Because I think this is where we need to begin. We need to begin with a place like, are there things that are non-negotiable? Like for me and Melissa, my relationship with her is not negotiable. And I oftentimes get invited to meetings and various opportunities. And I just have chosen that this relationship has a priority over that relationship. It's not that that relationship doesn't have a place. I've just built a boundary line, a non-negotiable out of this one. Tomorrow, I'm sorry, we're not going to hang out tomorrow. I'm hanging out with Melissa. Tuesday might be open. Another non-negotiable, my walk with God. How negotiable is your walk with God? Your time with him. Your, Jesus said, go in, in your room, close the door, make, make, make space for him. Is that negotiable for you? Is that something that you decide, well, you know, if I feel like it, really? Boundaries are not built on how I feel. They're built on what I want. They're built on what I prioritize, what I'm looking for, and therefore I cultivate boundaries that are going to allow things that are healthy to grow. Your health, your, like where, where's your non-negotiables is my question. Where's your non-negotiables? Where's your non-negotiables? Where are your non-negotiables? 
You can never be guilted into non-negotiables. You need to be drawn by the goodness, the promise. What promises of God are available for you, but only if you will make them a priority? Don't put your life on the discount rack. You really for sale? Are you really, you really have decided to cheapen your life to the point that you're willing to give your life on discount? God's not looking to discount. He didn't buy you on discount. He paid full price for you. He actually wants you to put a price on yourself. Put a price on your future. Put a price on your destiny. Put a price on your calling. Come into alignment where you say, I've got some non-negotiables. Now listen, all of us have come out of rejection and inferiority and insecurity. All of us have. All of us have. All of us have illegitimacy. All of us are plagued oftentimes with feelings of illegitimacy. Didn't know my dad. Didn't know this. My mom was this. Melissa was, was adopted. And so she's got a, the second best thing she's wrestled with. All of us have a valid reason to shrink back into discount mode illegitimacy mode, but God wants to restore us back into confidence before him so we don't longer discount our lives, okay? What are your non-negotiables, and where do you need to establish boundaries? Now, I want, this is how I want us to see it, though, okay? I want us to see the, the boundary lines of your life, your heart, and I want you to specify it, relationship, business, finance, walk with God, what's important to you? See, the territory that God wants to flourish is oftentimes the things that you want to flourish. But the way it's going to flourish is when you line your life up with his boundaries. So here's, here's the S. So let's back, let's back this up here a little bit again. The L in the I is a legitimate lineage. That means I have a right to the goodness of God because of what Jesus paid for, okay? So I'm qualified because of what Jesus did, and therefore I have an identity of inheritance. Okay, so let's just start with a word in here. Psalm 16, 6 through 8. Get this. Get this. Get the heart of God. Get the heart of God. It says the boundary lines, boundary lines, kind of where I grabbed them. The boundary lines have fallen for me where? In good, place, good places, pleasant places, pleasing places, places that satisfy me, places that bring life to me. The boundary lines of God have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful, what? Inheritance. Inheritance. God has things that he's purchased for me to access. I'm coming out of Ill illegitimate thinking, and I'm coming into legitimate lineage so that I can inherit the things that Jesus paid for, okay? I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. The S, this is what I want us to see and end with right here. I'm doing better on time than I thought. But that's good because I believe there's room here for the Holy Spirit to move. The S that is in the boundary lines is the highest level of promise for you. 
the highest level of pleasant and the highest level of delightful inheritance. And if you can get the S that is in boundary lines, you can have everything. If you can prioritize and build a boundary line around your life that pursues and obsesses around this S, there is nothing that you cannot access. Do you want to know what it is? It's a spirit-filled life. Jesus came to restore you back into being full of his spirit. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. I don't even know if I gave the scriptures uh, to you guys. I was, I was messing around. So if they're not there, it's not the production guy's fault. It's this guy's fault, okay? Because I just was seeing some fresh things. Um, even while we've been in here, I was just getting some fresh downloads, okay? This is Isaiah 11.2 out of the New Living Translation. This is what it said about Jesus. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. But then in Proverbs 8, 14 through 21, I don't think I sent you guys this one either. This is what it says, what it looks like to have a spirit-filled life. This is what your life looks like full of the spirit. That means you've prioritized the boundary lines that give you access to the promise. The greatest inheritance you can ever have is the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift that could ever come into your life is the Holy Spirit. Ever. It's not so you can just be shouted out and be like the weird guy. Jesus never sent the Holy Spirit for you to be weird. In fact, he wasn't weird. He was just effective and powerful and went around doing great things. And he wants you to be effective and powerful and be able to say to the darkness, your hour is over. Not just because somebody else said it, but because I believe it. Because my life is occupied by the power of God. Okay, get this. We're going to close this down. When my life is full of the Spirit, which it was supposed to be, it is my inheritance. It is my greatest promise. Proverbs 8, 14 through 21 says that common sense and success belong to me. That means the boundary lines that are here are now filled. That means my life is filled with common sense and success. Anybody interested in that? You just tired of being dumb? making dumb decisions. You can't, you can't even get the common sense things right. When your life's full of the Spirit, you have common sense. This whole world, like, like when I look at America right now, we don't even have common sense. Like we, we've lost like the whole plot. But the reason is, is because the church has lost the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not spirit-filled. We're not the light of the world. We're no longer leading the, the nation. You know, this na the, the nation used to be led by the church. We started all the schools. We were prosperous. Now we, like, take vows of poverty. Like, where is that in the Bible? Can you please show me in the Bible where a vow of poverty is good? There's nowhere in the Bible. The only place it says in the Bible that prosperity is not good is that your weapon that your enemy will not prosper against you. Goodness gracious. We need to be less illiterate in the Bible. Be a person who has the word of God inside of you. Okay. Common, this is Proverbs 8, 14 through 21 NLT. 
common sense and success belong to me. This is my inheritance. This is my legitimate lineage. If I make boundaries that prioritize the Holy Spirit in my life, this is what I get. This is what I get. This is what I get. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Anybody tired of being weak? Ooh, I'm a weak Christian. That's disgusting. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign. Rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help. I want to help rulers lead. Nobles make righteous judgments. I love those who love me. Those who search for me, find me. I have riches and honor, as well as enduring wealth and justice. If you find me, the spirit, the spirit of wisdom, my gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages are better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness, in paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I fill their treasuries. Who doesn't want that? Boundaries are only designed for God to fill your life with his best. They are only designed for you to position your life and heart for every good thing. So let's do a little inventory. Is this all right? Anybody interested? Anybody looking through boundary lines just a little differently? Was anybody able to turn off some religious lenses and turn on some God lenses? He has the best for me. Are you with me? I'm a part of a lineage of righteousness. I have an inheritance. I have some non-negotiables now. I know how to establish some boundary lines. Not out of guilt or shame. That never works. Out of appetite for God's best. And I'm realizing that God's best is his Holy Spirit. So therefore, everything I do is going to be designed to get his spirit into my life. All right. Now, this can come across religious, which we're trying to remove. But you hear this a lot at the end of a church. It's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes, right? Well, we're still going to do that. But we're just not going to do it because it's what you do at the end of a service. We're going to do it because when your eyes are closed, you're able to just process. Why don't we just take some time to think about our own life? You're a sovereign being. God's not going to violate your sovereignty. He's not going to break his way in and demand things. He's going to offer you. He's offering you life. But you and I want to process, where have I neglected? Where have I just let anything run in to my field? Where have I just discounted myself? Where have I, where have I compromised even? God's not trying to just get compromise out of your life. He's trying to get his best into your life. Compromise just happens to be one of the things that robs you of his best. Where are you? Where are you experiencing his best? What would happen if you could get more of it? 
What kind of boundaries do you need to see his will be done and his kingdom come in your life? It's his will. It's his will. It's his will. Every good, perfect gift he's designed to be in your territory. But what do you need to do to position yourself to receive it? The first thing, just keep your eyes kind of closed and process your own heart. If you're in this room, and you might be religious, you may have come to a church before, or you've heard stuff like this before, but you don't see yourself as a son or daughter of God. and You don't feel like you personally have a spiritual lineage with God. Like, he's your father. You know him. You're known by him. You're loved by him. Your relationship him, with him is he loves me. He's for me. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all he was was the price paid so God could buy you back out of dysfunction and disconnection. You know who you are. You know if you're connected or not. I'm just going to make an invitation. I, are you connected? Do you want to be connected? And if you're in this room, and you know you're disconnected. You cannot say, God's my father. And I want to be able to say that. If that's you, I'd love you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. I think there was like 20 of us at the nine. I like you, sir. I, I like you. Who else? There's a few of us here. Yeah. Like you, sweetheart. You know what I like is people who have been around this, but they still can feel the disconnection. You can be around the church and hear this, but somehow the connection hasn't, hasn't, hasn't. I see, I see you back there, giant's hat. Get ready, young man, you get ready. Things are going to shift for you because God loves you. I'm just going to tell you, anxiety is going to break Fear is going to break. Peace is going to come into your life. You get ready. Oh, don't think that young people can't experience anxiety. They can, they can, they can. But we will see God restore. Who else? Come on, just taking us just a quick second. I see you back there. Yeah. I feel like there's just a couple more. Connection with God. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Yeah. There's quite a few of us. Well, let's deal with that. Let's, here's how you reconnect to God. It's through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus. Like, that's why he came. He didn't come to, to forgive you. He came to reconnect you to his love and power. So just repeat after me, all of us, especially you that raised your hand. A lot of young people, which I love. Just repeat after me, all of us, as a family. Father God, thank you for engineering me to know you, and to be healthy. You want me connected to you so much that you sent Jesus Christ to pay the ultimate price so that we could be one, so that we could be connected. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, the one who reconnects me to your love and your goodness. Forgive me. Heal me. Restore me. Reset me so that I can live for you.
I choose to make you my Lord, my master. I trust you. What you tell me to do, I will do. What you tell me not to touch, I choose not to touch. I allow you to reset my boundaries so you can live in me. Amen. Let's just give a quick round of applause to our newfound family. Get ready. Get ready. Push into this stuff. Now, the rest of us, we're just going to wrap this up right now. Okay. Most of us here are already connected to God. But how many of us here want more? I mean, come on. Like, like if you could dial up the presence of God and the power of God, and you could determine, like, move it from a three to, to say, a five, a six, a seven, and you could turn on the goodness of God, the promise of God, the power of God, the health of God, the confidence of your own life, if you could, that's what he wants to do right now. So if that's you, could you lift your hand? I want to know who you are. In fact, why don't we all stand up? We're going to end with this. It's going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I thank you. The purpose of boundaries is that our life is set up for you to fill it. That's it. That is it and it alone. You want to fill us with your best, with your goodness, with your confidence. I see clearly the word confidence that's been lacking in some of us. I see insecurity. And as a result of insecurity, you let your boundaries down and you, you give yourself away cheaply because of insecurity. It's, it's common, just so you know. You're not unique. It's probably not one person I'm talking to. It's probably 90% of us. All of us give away parts of ourselves because of insecurity, but we break it here and we declare a reestablishing of a lineage of health and confidence. I just declare even right now that your spirit is turned up in our lives, turned on in our lives, your fire, your presence, your love, your life. And we just want to thank you, God. Dial us up. Dial us up. I pray for all of us in this room that you would identify those boundary lines that need to be rebuilt today, this week. God, I thank you for men that are going to make men's prayer a non-negotiable. I thank you for men that are going to make private prayer with God a non-negotiable. I thank you that our Bible time is coming non-negotiable. I thank you that date-wise with our lives, are we just got away from some of the main things. I thank you that you're reestablishing those as non-negotiables. I thank you that we're people that live disciplined from value. Because we're loved and value, we, we surrender ourselves to a higher level of living. And we don't lower our standards to how the world looks. We up and raise our standards to what you look like. And I declare a people that have the capacity to rise this week, even this week, I see levels leveling up. And we thank you for it, God. We honor you. We love you. We love what you're doing here in the Treasure Valley. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.